Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Oh, where are you going to take us today? Well, I don't think you back to last week, if you could remember that far back. We were go. we were doing our show on Zoom as we do, and near the end of it, you gave me an indication that we had two minutes left, and I yes. gave you a thumbs up in return, and you were somewhat astonished to see that when I gave you a thumbs up, a little uh, translucent bubble popped out of my head with the uh, as with it's a just done now. Yes, when you were doing street. And we couldn't work out why I was doing it. Well, I've looked into it, and it appeared as a new thing on Mac OS Sonoma, which is the latest operating system. Hmm. Uh, it only works on the later Macs, the ones with Apple Silicon in them. And there's a whole range of things. So um, we noticed last week, if you do a, a V sign, then you get balloons popping up. And interestingly, the balloons, balloons appear both in front of me and behind me. Yes, that's quite clever. It is, it is quite it is, clever. Really quite clever. Uh, if I give you two thumbs down, what are we yes. seeing now? Oh, gosh, it's raining. It's raining. That's extraordinary. <laughs> two V signs. Uh, oh, confetti. Yes. And confetti, yes. And that's also going in front of you and behind you. Yes. Two thumbs up gives you... Oh, firework display. Fireworks. And this Excellent. really bizarre one, if you make two horn symbols that's sticking up your index finger and your little finger, yes. then... You get sort of weird science fiction background with laser beams shooting out. Yes, it looks as though you're giving a rock concert. It does. On your own, without any yeah. instruments. Without um, any instruments. Well, this not is not very good. Not great radio, admittedly. Though anybody who's <laughs> got um, Apple Silicon Macs with Sonoma on can have a go if they can find a friend who's interested. Except the friend will just get jealous, like me, because I haven't got yes. that. Um, but what on earth is it for? It's Well, it's the thing is, it's Apple. And Apple do a lot of stuff... Just because it's fun. And this is the difference between Apple and Windows. You know, Bill Gates cannot understand why everyone who buys uh, an Apple product gets GarageBand for free. He Mm. simply doesn't get why music-making software is included with computers. And that is the difference between Apple and and Windows. Apple is about creativity. It's about making stuff. Mm. It's not about spreadsheets. It is about fun. No, it's not very good with spreadsheets, is it? as, as yeah. I know. No, that's always been the case. Yes. Yes. So well, there we go. But no other reason than it can be done. Yes. Well, when one, Warren Buffett bought into Apple, we should have um, paid attention and done the same, frankly. Indeed. Um, okay. Well, that's all very exciting. Well, I'm glad we worked it out because we assumed it was a Zoom feature. But Zoom yes. is, uh, I'm sure it Zoom is. does similar things, but we haven't found it. Now, I, one way that you hmm. can uh, use uh, Zoom or the equivalent is via a telepresence robot, and telepresence robot are basically a, a iPad or other tablet on a stand, mm-hmm. and they zip around the room if you've got one that's mobile, and they represent you at meetings. So it's got your face on the screen, and you can look at this people. is what a you thing. Do it's a this thing. Is a thing yes, already. It's a proper thing. It's already a Reef. thing. Yes. So you could have those people who haven't got the AI system. Was it Google AI? You told us about <laughs> right. where it could <laughs> go to the meeting for you without anybody yes. being there. So if you haven't got that, you send a, mm. a, an iPad on a on a stick with wheels. Okay, exactly. No, it's very much a thing. Well, um, there's a new system which has been developed by Cornell University called VROXY or VR Oxy, probably VR Oxy, where the person using it wears a Quest Pro VR headset. Mm. 
and then the their telepresence robot follows their head movements. So if they look, you know, side to side, it'll it'll look around the room. Person wearing the headset sees the entire room in a sort of three D environment. Mm. If and it follows, if they nod their head, then the the tablet will nod its head at the other end as well. So of course, because they're wearing a headset, there isn't the camera pointing at them. So it detect, detects facial expressions and eye movements from cameras inside the headset and then sticks them on an avatar that looks, frankly, not much like you. On and, the And if you screen. fall asleep out of boredom, presumably the eyes on the, on the screen will close as they well. They will close as well. So that is a bit of a drawback, <laughs> admittedly. Yeah. I, what is it like in a meeting, do you suppose, if there are a few of these things there? It must be totally weird. It must be absolutely, totally weird. I was going to stick an adjective in between totally and weird, but at its radio, I decided against it. Yes, that's, well, I mean, as if meetings weren't bad enough in the days when one had to do them. Um, yes. Now it just seems utterly ludicrous. Yes. I say you could have a meeting where they're all just basically... Um, you could. iPads on poles. iPads on poles, exactly. Yes. Brilliant. Okay. Right. Well, I'm impressed at that progress. I think I'm happy with the balloons coming out you know, from <laughs> all around you. Much more fun. So from there to mm. security cameras. And security cameras were very popular these days. People like to monitor their, their houses and their offices. Mm. But um, although they will send you video to your phone when they detect movement, you don't really want to keep on going through hours of video on your on your phone just to see, you know, who's who's going no. past your front door. Though, or... though somebody apparently in the middle of Storm Kieran a week or so ago was able to actually watch one of their windows being blown in. Ah, it registered movement, um, signaled something on their phone, and they were able to see what was ah. going on. And then what do they do about it? Well, go home as soon as possible. Go home I guess. as soon as possible. Yes. Find find a glazier who'll come out and, and brave the storm. Hmm. Good luck with that. Well. This is introducing the Genie S security camera, and this the difference because it has chat GPT built in. It's mm. an AI security camera, which not only looks at what's going on, it describes it to you. So it can say things like, tall man wearing a stripy jumper carrying a sack over his shoulder <laughs> at your front door. Which says swag on it, yes. yes. Or um, the dog's jumped on the sofa again, that kind yes. of thing. And it sounds it sounds really rather good. It's available from a company called Sync Labs. That's Sync P S Y N C Labs. In the US, thirty five dollars for the thirty two gigabyte version, forty dollars for the sixty four gigabyte version, which sounds like a bit of a bargain. Except when you realise that in order to use the AI feature, they charge you initially ninety nine cents a month, mm-hmm. rising to seven dollars a month which is really quite a lot to have your phone tell you that there's a, a, a dog on your sofa. Especially as most of the time you're probably not being told anything. Most of the time, no, exactly. You, you'd want things to happen, wouldn't you? You'd be persuading yes, yes. friends to drop in <laughs> yes, just so you could be told about it. Um, yeah. Yes. But that is one problem, of course, and now so many of these um, things want subscription payments rather than simply paying for everything up front which is all very well, except after a while you're paying for a lot of things. You can't remember what you've paid for. You don't know how you can actually cancel them. And eventually it all tots up. No, that's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. I mean, because people are used to paying monthly for, you know, Netflix and Spotify and 
Amazon Prime, and there's just one more monthly thing that you add yeah. to the list. Yes, yes. Well, best keep track of it then. Yeah, so you won't be getting it. Uh, I'm quite intrigued. I'm quite intrigued. I might, no, I don't want to. I don't want to secure the camera in my house. So I don't want to monitor people walking around my Put house. Put it in your neighbour's house not. instead. <laughs> that would be the way to do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. Uh, let's have one of these, because we haven't had one yet. So where now? Well, we could go on safari. I've always wanted to go on safari. Never had the choice. Never had the chance, yes. Um, I've also always kind of wanted to go to Machu Picchu, but again... Never had the chance to go there. Well, that could all change thanks to Nature Eye. Nature Eye gives you a drone, lends you a drone. Mm-hmm. And after a five to ten minute training period, you can then pilot it yourself. Oh, you mean a and real drone there? A real drone there. And there, there as well as um, Machu Picchu, there are also safari parks in Kenya and Botswana. There's a volcano in Iceland. There's the Mekong River in Cambodia. And you can fly your drone over any of these for half an hour. They're geofenced, so you can't fly it outside the area. They have automatic takeoff and landing, so you haven't got to worry about that part of it. And you get a local guide to <clears throat> accompany you and tell you what you're looking at. Or they might say, if you go you know, a mile up that way, you're going to see some bison. Or you know whatever they have yes. in uh, in these places. Yes, certainly not in Iceland, I imagine. Possibly not in Iceland. <laughs> no, indeed. But what well, a clever idea! Well, except now I'm even less likely to want to go on safari mm. or mm. to Machu Picchu or even back to Iceland because I find drones incredibly irritating. I was in Turin recently. We went to a rather wonderful sort of church up on a hill, and the whole visit was spoiled by some bugger just, um, you know. Presumably taking photographs with a drone above us the whole time, oh. zipping around all over the place. I mean, they're they're not quiet. And if there's no. more than one of these things around, it would be appalling. You go somewhere like that, you spend thousands of pounds on a trip of a lifetime, and you've got these buzzy things going around. I'm, I'm afraid I don't think it's a great idea at all. Well, I suspect that Kenya is quite a big place, and it wouldn't be difficult well, to get away yes, from a single that's drone. Yes, that's true. But I'm thinking, you know, if it's a, you know, if it, if it is somebody like Machu Picchu, which is actually getting harder to visit, I think now because they're restricting the number of visitors. But mm. I mean, the silence and the view is surely what you're after. Not well, that's a, that's a very good drones. point. Well, well, mm. I can make good points occasionally. You can. Anyway, on this that, is available. On that bombshell. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no we're not there. For it's um ninety-five dollars for a half-hour flight. Of which 50% goes to conservation of the place that you're visiting. So, you know, good good. for you, good for the planet. But you're going to have a go at that, aren't you? Almost certainly, yes. Natureye.com, if you want to check it out. And it just sounds such a a good idea. And can you get to keep the video? Well, you're doing it on your own computer, so I guess you can just Just record record your screen, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, well, there's probably some clever way where they keep the video as well. Yeah. Oh. Right. Well, oh, it really sounds quite intriguing, even if I yes. think there's a downside to it. Um, let's pause for a moment and then we'll move on. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Share Radio and we are talking about gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan. 
And so we have been, we've been on safari, we've been to Machu Picchu, and now we're heading to Prague, specifically to the <clears throat> Václav Havel Airport, which is having a big extension built. And what's interesting about this extension, it is going to have a map of the Czech Republic on the ceiling in the airport. Right. With programmable lighting that can show you information on current events around um, around the Czech Republic while you're in the airport. Which is a clever idea, except the idea of everyone walking around staring at the ceiling while dragging their luggage or pushing trolleys. <laughs> yes, I it's... was thinking it would be near seats where it would be useful if you're a little bit bored. No, the entire ceiling of the of the interior oh, of the airport. Oh, my goodness. Vast. Well, intriguing. Yes, one wonders how many people are going to start bumping into other yes, people. Yes, quite a lot. Quite a lot. Well, it's quite intriguing. And then my least favourite that... airport are the ones that I frequent, Geneva actually has all their seats um, where you cannot see any of the boards displaying where the flights are taking off from at what time uh, and what gate. It's the most poorly designed airport I've ever encountered. I've only been through Geneva Airport once, and I was quite intrigued to find that after you go through security, you can then go to the Swiss Army knife stall where you can buy pen knives. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's very odd because part of it is in France, theoretically, even though it isn't in oh. France. So you okay. can go out the French side. It's all very bizarre, yes. Very bizarre. Right, I'd like to have a dig at Geneva Airport wherever I can, because I'm the lowest <laughs> uh, Let us okay. move on to our crowdfunding time of the week. Well, in that case, you've got this. Now, you make your own bread, as you have told us, well, many times on this show. Have you no, ever I have had a changed the way I make it. Oh, have you? Mm. Why, I what found you a way of doing it where you don't have to do all that horrible kneading. Oh, you don't need to need. You don't need to need. What do you do? As, as the famous song put it, <laughs> um, you you just do it in a casserole. It's called peasant bread. Oh. I, I I commend it to anybody. Look at peasant bread. Do it in a casserole, and it saves an immense amount of time, and it's perfectly nice. Do you still have to put it in a bread maker, or can you just bang it in the no. oven? No, no, just bang it in the oven. No need oh. for a bread maker at all. No need for cleaning the bread maker afterwards either. Oh. I'll tell you about it later, as oh, it's not technically it speaking much of a gadget or a gizmo. In, no. Well, have you ever made your own biscuits? No. Then you could do with the Bismack Pro, which is a biscuit-making machine with customizable moulds. So you can send them your design, and they will send you a mould with that design on it. And then it can produce up to 10,000 biscuits an hour. That's a little <laughs> more than I tend to get through. Yes, it is quite a lot, isn't it? I don't think they're really targeting it at the home market. Yes. Oh, right, OK. So you can get this for uh, the hand-cranked version for $1,600, which is about £1,300. But if you're hand-cranking 10,000 biscuits an hour, you're going to weigh your arm out pretty quickly. So you might want to go for the electric motor version for $2,500. That's about £2,000. So you'd have to really either really like biscuits or have a business selling biscuits. Yes, in which case it seems perhaps a reasonable price. It probably does, yes. Anyway, you have until December the 1st to decide if you want to hand-crank your 10,000 biscuits an hour. <laughs> OK. And um, I'll leave that to you to decide. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. Let us move on. Abu, AB, Abus, ABUS, they make bike locks and they make padlocks, and they're, they're really good. Now, bike locks come in two main kinds. There is a kind of fixed U-shaped lock, mm. which are okay for going around railings, 
absolutely useless for going around lampposts because they just don't have a big enough opening. Yes, true. Or you can get the chain bike logs. And the, I mean, the chains, admittedly, are usually wrapped in some kind of fabric, hmm. but they're unwieldy and they're difficult to hold. And when you're not actually chaining your bike up to something, then they're, they're difficult to deal with. You can't. Yes, and the them. ones that are the spiral, of course, always then start going out of um, sync and take ages to turn back into a proper spiral again. They do. They yeah. always do. Yes, like pop-up tents. But the Abus Goose bike lock... <laughs> right. <laughs> it is... Well, it's a six-millimeter hardened chain, steel chain, so it's a proper mm. chunky chain with two metal springs, spiral springs, wound around the chain, which is then encased in foam rubber, which is then encased in a fabric skin. So it is like the chain ones, except you can bend it a bit like a pipe cleaner. And it will save its shape. So when you're not chaining it up to a lamppost, Mm -hmm. you can just wrap it around the frame of your bike. And it'll sort of quite happily sit there. So it's endlessly flexible, not like an actual pipe cleaner, which you can't really straighten once you've used it. It is endlessly flexible. That sounds quite good. Is it hideously expensive? It is expensive. Well, no, not compared to um, a lot of bike locks. The 85 centimetre version, is eighty dollars, about sixty-five pounds. Mm-hmm. Hundred and ten centimeter version, ninety dollars, about seventy-five pounds. Weighs just over a kilogram. Key or combination? It's a key. Mm. So not not hugely expensive for bike locks. You can spend you know a couple of hundred pounds on a decent bike lock. Yes, absolutely. And this I sounds agree. like a really rather cute one. So I'm quite quite tempted by this. When I find a UK distributor, then I will yes, see what the UK think, price yeah, is. I think that's a very good idea. Hmm. Um, we haven't had Probably one of these for a little while. Now, we talked back in November last year about worldwide wind, worldwide wind and their offshore contra-rotating wind turbine. I don't know if you recall that. Uh, I'm having trouble recalling it, but I'm sure you'll remind it's me. It's a really clever idea. So wind turbines at sea are very difficult to erect. And they are very hard to make stable because you've got a giant, three giant blades, and that puts an awful lot of strain on the on the shaft of the turbine. Mm-hmm. And we talked, as I say, back in November about worldwide wind, which is a pole, and mounted on the pole are two sets of blades. Both each of them has three blades, and the blades are horizontal rather than vertical. Mm-hmm. And they rotate in opposite directions. So there's no um, force trying to push the pole over. Because they cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. So the wind bends the whole lot so they can Mm -hmm. take advantage of the wind blowing through them. And then the blades um, keep keep them going. It's really, really ingenious. They are, they're quite big. 19 meters tall is this, this tower generating 30 kilowatts, and they are about to start testing it off the coast of Norway. And it sounds like such an absolutely ingenious idea. And uh, anyway, wish them luck with it. I think what can possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I have read the other day they can't recycle the blades. You sort of assume there's some sort of steel that can be be recycled. Apparently they can't. Seems very odd. Why not? That's and I was also true. reading. I was also reading the other day. The RAF are complaining about wind farms because they can't. They can't distinguish the the blades from Russian aircraft. Uh, 
the blades apparently interfere with radar, and they've not found a way around that yet. So that's oh. extraordinary. So if there are three blades on a wind turbine, they get three ghost signals. Well, surely they recognise that these three ghost Russian I, I aircraft have, are going round no the circular idea. formation very low to the ground. I have no idea. But apparently they're getting very grumpy about it. Are they? Yes, yes. All so they when, need uh, is a map of where the turbines are, and then they'll know yeah, that their turbines I, I, are... I have a sneaky feeling they might have thought of that. So Unless it's a the more Russian Air Force has a similar map, and then they could sneak their way into the country yes. by following a trail of wind turbines. Or, the, or their boats, of course. They go ghost ships. Yes, yes. that's, that's very, yes, very clever. But, um, very clever. So where now? Well, parking. And when we're parking, uh, we can drive along, we can find a parking spot, and rather than feeding money into a meter, we just use an app. What could be simpler than that? Well, what could be simpler than that is the fact that which app do you use? Do you choose Ringo? Do you use Pay by Phone? Do you choose Parkright? Do you find your your parking slot with Just Park or do you use Parkopedia? Mm. It's all complicated. And on the lampposts, they give you the number of the bay, but they don't tell you which app to use to put that number in. So I found myself standing there trying four different parking apps before I find one that actually... That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The solution could be the national parking platform, which is due to launch um, next autumn, autumn 2024. And it is being operated and devised by the Department for Transport. Oh, you see, for a moment, I thought there was something (laughs) sensible about to happen. Right, which means that none of them will work. Yes. Well, it seems like a clever idea, but they are infuriating. I remember not that long ago going to Derbyshire, the Peak District, where you found one of those parking machines which not only would take no card and had no app but wanted a really weird collection of coins oh. somewhere like four pounds 17 something absolutely ludicrous luckily there was a local shop that was set, was selling bags of five pounds of coins uh, for five yeah. pounds and just presumably hoping they get extra business and yeah. then when i was up in northumberland again slightly remote place there's a, a car car park at a wonderful place called called craster where you had to use an app it wouldn't take coins wouldn't take cards but the problem was there was no phone signal. Uh, so you had to go, it's a three-level, it's on the uh, an old quarry, so you had to go down quite a long way to the information centre where they had a very poor Wi-Fi signal. Uh, so people were doing this all the time, trawling up and down, just to get a signal. It's as if people just don't use the things they devise. It's it, it does often annoying. feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yes. It does. Well, we've got a minute or so left, so what are you going to tell okay. us? Okay, well... When we're travelling abroad, we might use a translation app to uh, translate our request into the language that, uh, yes, that they speak wherever done. we happen to go. Uh, 38-6-year-old Russian man in Lisbon recently wanted to order some pomegranate juice. Now, it happens that in Russian, the word for pomegranate is the same as the word for grenade. Because oh, so, pineapple, when, I think, it, pineapple was slang for grenade, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yes, yes. So, and rather than trying to speak it out in, in his heavily Russian accent in Spanish, he wrote it down on his phone, <gasps> got the phone translated, and held it up to the member oh, of staff. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and it wasn't before long, the, the, the cafe was overrun with armed oh. policemen, and he was thrown to the ground and handcuffed. 
And never got his <laughs> pomegranate juice, presumably. And probably never got his pomegranate juice. No. Oh dear, how extraordinary. And well, I'm glad to say, yes, nothing when I was in Italy recently, nothing quite as bad as that did happen. Though we, we tried using the microphone aspect of the app. And we because we were in Turin, which was supposed to be the home of Vermouth, um, which actually in the end we didn't have any of, we tried we tried translating, give us your best Vermouth, please. But then when we looked at the screen, it put down Vermouth as Thermos. <laughs> and then we started laughing, and then it kept writing ha 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 all the way, which uh, made us laugh even more. And it just never uh, stopped. It was a whole screen of ha ha ha's. They are they are fantastic, but uh, they, are fantastic. they do have disadvantages from time yeah. to time. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you very much. That's it for this edition of Gadgets and Gizmos. We'll be back with more at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.